our spirit. What is it? Where does it go? Are we able to see them using our mind's eye? If so, just what can spirit teach us? Welcome to School Through Spirit. Host Diet Renee is a certified psychic medium and master teacher of psychic and mediumship development through LWISSD. Diet was born knowing spirit and now is here to help you better understand the spirit world. And now your host, Diet Renee. everybody this is Diet here on school through spirit with wltkdb.com this is a show where um oh thank you um this is a show where we do talk to different people of different spiritual modalities and we kind of go from there so every day we do have a conversation of which spirit gives me and lately i've been going to the book good book that well i'm calling the good book anyway um for um, some guidance and really it's been just kind of going hey and it's been collaborating with what I've been saying now this morning we are going to have good morning Keith good morning Lee sorry everybody Facebook is having some issues this morning so what I'm going to do is I am going to put this on my Facebook feed so that maybe we'll be lucky and people will be able to see it that way who knows we're gonna try um so just give me a second to find the link, and then I'm going to copy it over to mine and paste it and see what happens, see what happens. Perfect. And then maybe some, maybe Facebook will let it go that way for right now. I don't know. I just know that they're going, nope, not today, guys. Not today is what they're saying. And hopefully that problem will be fixed very soon so that everybody that comes in through Facebook will be able to see it without having to go, oh my gosh, where is everybody? So um, anyway, guys, this morning, my guest is Mr. Chris Fleming. Mr. Chris Fleming is a spiritual consultant, a medium. He's an artist. He's a paranormal researcher, speaker, a TV presenter, a producer. <sighs> this man has been everywhere. This man has been everywhere. And I am so happy. Good morning. Facebook might be coming in. I'm not sure. Good morning, Lee. Good morning, Jamie. And good morning, Tim. And Stephanie and Jenny. Oh, my God. Good morning, everybody. Maybe Facebook is getting fixed. Who knows? Who knows? We're hoping for it, though. So let's flip the page. Let's flip the page and see what we come up with today. I kind of have an idea. This is it's pretty. It's pretty. You see it? It's pretty. For anybody that's got the book, this is page 377. Um, it's really kind of a simple one. I like this. Oh, well, I just don't even want to read it. I want to keep this one to myself. I really want to keep this one to myself. But it says, what state of beingness are you selecting as you encounter life? Are you choosing what you really desire for yourself from the enormous menu of experiences available? I tell you this, beingness attracts beingness and produces experiences. Good morning, Facebook user. I'm not sure who you are, but good morning. So I will tell you what, I'm kind of, yeah, I was I was on this page this weekend, and I not on this page, but really with these ideas in my mind over this weekend, and I will tell you what, it still was there this morning, and I opened up the book, and sure enough, sure enough spirit just confirms it for me. 
Now, I am going to tell you what this means is when you go, are you choosing what you really desire for yourself from an enormous amount, many of experiences in, that are available? Now, so often, <clears throat> with that being said, with, with that one line, with that being said, when you look at life, when we look at life, you know, and I was, I was very guilty of this myself. I would always go, okay, well, um, yeah, I'm just doing what spirit tells me to do. I'm just waiting for the opportunities to drop in my lap. I'm just following the signs. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, that's what I was doing. And I was doing it for years, years. I cannot, years, forever and eons was I going, I am just going to, um, allow, I'm only going to do what spirit gives me is what I, I would say. And that way it kind of made me feel like, okay, I wasn't going against God. I what my hairs, my face again, guys, I wasn't going against my belief system that I grew up with. I wasn't going against people. I couldn't take negative pressure from society because I'm only doing what God gives me. And what that did was unalign me from my life. Unalign me from my life which is really crazy if you think about it. <clears throat> I wanted certain things because secretly, secretly, guys, I'm not going to lie to you. My passion is to help as many people as I possibly can. That's what I want. I want to help the world. Okay. Now, the problem with that is in my mind, with my passion, with what I want to do. And whether I was a nurse doing this, a psychic medium doing this, a teacher doing this, whatever it was, I want to help as many people in the world. I want, when I pass away, I want people to go, wow, she stood for something. She did something. And I will tell you that actually was all affected by a funeral I went to many, many years ago. And it was a friend of mine. And he really, from the surface, from this angle, I seen Granchy, who's this amazing friend of me. And oh my gosh, if I ever needed anything, even just to talk, I could go and sit down at his desk. But he was a used car salesman, guys. I mean, he owned a huge used car sale lot. But that's what he was. He was the town's used car, used car salesman. And when he passed away, he also had the largest funeral in history of the town that it was in. It wasn't this town. It was a different town. The Catholic Church, and you know how big those are, were standing room only on the floor and the balconies. It was out the door. It was people couldn't get in. The procession was huge. We went the night before to pay respects, and it took me probably five hours to get through this line. And I was one of the lucky ones because literally people started showing up at like seven o'clock in the morning before they had to go to work. And the line didn't stop until after midnight. He affected that many people. And it was, you know, somebody needed a car. <clears throat> he gave them a car. Somebody needed money. He gave them money. Somebody needed to sit down and talk. He gave them that. He, he just was there for so many people. His life really meant a lot to so many. And I've never seen so many tears shed. And when I seen that, I was like, I want to have my life have meaning. I want, when I die, to 
to affect that many people. Good morning, Angela. And that became my sole passion, to help people. I didn't care if people knew my name. I didn't care if people knew this face. I just wanted to stand up and be there for people. I wanted to help change people's lives. If it was just merely a smile, a hello, a what can I do for you? How can I help you? And it really did not jive with what other people told me. Because once I got into this work, everybody said, you're going to have to be famous. To help people, that many people as a medium, you're going to have to be famous. And my brain went, no, because that goes against everything. I've always been told that a medium has these gifts and boom, no, can't do it because those were God-given gifts. And you can't charge. You can't do this. You can't do that. Which I'm going to tell you right now is a bunch of BS. Total BS, guys. And I learned that because I realized, because somebody walked up to me and said, why aren't you charging? Why aren't you feeding yourself? And I told what everybody else said. It was unaligned from my life. And they looked at me and they said, would you trust a heart surgeon that did not have a God-given gift? Would hell no? No. Would never let just some Joe Blow that read a book work on my heart. No. And he said, Do you believe those surgeons have God given gifts? And I said, Oh, definitely. I mean, definitely. I mean, between the knowledge and the passion and the steady hand and that intuition to go wherever they needed to go. And they went, What is the difference between them and you? And I said, A degree. And money and da da and da da. And they went, No, it's still a God given gift. You still studied, you still practiced, you still did all this stuff. And I went, Oh, hey, Anne, how you doing, love? And that changed my mindset. And it made me realign my life. It made me go, Let's do this. What do I want in my life? I still, my passion is to help as many people as I possibly can. Yes, that hasn't changed. That is still my goal, to help as many people and spirit that I can. Because I really want people to be healed. I want people to have help. I want people to have peace. I want people to feel joy. I really want people to walk around with a smile, one of them stupid smiles on their face that they have no clue why it's there, but they can't wipe it off. That's what I want. But I aligned myself to where the more people I can affect, I gotta find a way to do that. This radio station is one way. TV is one way. Galleries are one way. Going on the road, is one way. And I had to say, okay, <clears throat> I'm ready. Let's take my abilities. Let's take my job, my God-given job, to the next level. Because if I only sit in this office, I can only help a few people a day, quite frankly. But by going out and becoming that public figure or putting my face out there and saying, I will do this. I want this. And this is the reason behind it. 
It's not for money. It's not for fame. It's to help people. Because again, if I wanted money and I wanted fame, I'd have gone to Hollywood and tried to get an acting job. Might have been easier. But I had to align myself. I had to say, this is what I want. And then do the steps to get it. Yeah, I got really lucky because when I started to change my thought process, and I'm going to tell you how this kind of worked three, a little over three and a half years ago now. When I started to change my thought process, when I started to align myself, good morning. I don't know who the Facebook user is with the smiley Facebook. Good morning. There's two of them, and I don't know either one of them. But when I started to align myself with what I wanted in life, this is my passion. This is my want. This is what I want to do. And I aligned it and accepted, accepted all of it. The universe said, spirit, my guides, wherever you want to put it. But you're going to be on the radio. And I went, oh, hell if I am. They said, nope, you're going to be on the radio. And I argued. Then I argued hardcore. Then I went into work. At a, at a store to, and my work is going to do readings, guys. So I went to the store where it's in my town to do readings. And the lady by the name of Heather, <clears throat> who happens to be a really good friend of my producer, looked at me that day. She goes, you're supposed to be on the radio. I said, hell, what is between you and my guides? She goes, I don't know. I said, nope, I told them no, I'm telling you no. She goes, ah, you're going to be on the radio. I said, no, I'm not. She goes, yeah, you are. And I was like, oh, no. And a week or two later, because her and my producer are friends, my producer was starting a brand new radio station, WL2KDB. And uh, actually, I think we had different initials back then. But <clears throat> he was looking for hosts, would train. Anybody in his friends list. I wasn't on his friends list, but she shared it to me. And I don't know how she shared it to me, but she was able to share it to me. And I'm trying, ruthlessly trying to comment on this. And I'm sending him private messages. I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And I've only got like an hour and I have no clue why I am screaming, shouting, screaming, let me have this. Because inside my heart just said, I need to do this. Even though I'd argued with everybody and anything and everyone on the other side. And it was so weird because I'd also sent a friend request. I think it was a day or two later. He accepted the friend request. He said, you got it. Let's do this. What do you want to do? And I went, I don't know. I don't really want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't know how to do this. And he went, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. And he took months to train me. Months. And I'll tell you, his training took about eh, an hour. It took him months for me to get confidence and a full job on him, his part to get me to go live. And I'll never forget it because, guys, I was terrified. I was terrified on so many levels. But I aligned myself on that day, on those days that Spirit was saying, you know, before that, when I finally accepted, I was willing to do whatever it took to be able to help more and more people. That's when all of a sudden, boom, things started to happen. 
Now, I've also recently, more recently in the last year and a half to two years, realized I have to keep aligning myself. It sucks. It sucks to have to go to my mind. I am open for business. I am open to allowing other people to come into my world. I am open to traveling. I am open to doing galleries. I am open to a radio show. I am open to TV. I am open to being a guest appearance someplace. I am open. I am open. I have to realign myself all the time because that's how we bring those things to us. Sorry, might be showing too much pretty soon here. But that's how we start to bring things to us, guys. It is because <clears throat> we go, we are open to this. We are wanting things in our life. Now I can sit back and go, okay, universe, um, and I I I really I really want to help everybody, but I, I don't want to do this and this and this and this and this. no, none of that. No, no, I just I wanna just have them find me. And that's Literally what I was doing. I was saying words, but I was putting all these conditions on. And once I aligned myself to, I'm going to say these words, I'm going to mean these words, and I'm going to tell them any way possible. I'm going to bring that to me. I'm going to bring it to me. Now, more recently, to continue that, because this is a continuation, guys. Some people have light bulbs that just go off and booyah, got it, and they're ready to run. I have not historically been that person. I've been more historically, mm, it takes me a little bit to get it through the noggin, with hopes and prayers that that will change someday and soon. But more recently, I found. All these amazing people, amazing people that I always put on these big pedestals next to me. Like I was here and they were here. They were here. And it was awesome because <clears throat> I loved talking to these people. I loved fangirling these people. I loved all of it. But I realized because I was fangirling. I was everybody's fan. Let's put some quotes around that. Because being that fan in my mind put me underneath the pedestal, put me underneath somebody's worth. That's messed up, isn't it? I literally went, I wasn't worthy to be associated with because these people were flipping amazing people. That literally took me and un, unaligned me from what I wanted to do. And I had to realize these were colleagues, these were people, and that was what it was at the end of the day. So I had to realign myself to realize that I was as worthy as they were which ends up being pretty amazing at the end of the day. 
So guys, I want you to take that this week. I want you to look at your life. I want you to look at what it is you want, what you want to do in life. And I want you to realize that you're worthy of that. Take steps to being that. Change your mindset to it. And then allow it to come to you by saying yes. With that being said, guys, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to have my guests come in. This is Diet here on School Through Spirit with WLTKDB.com. See you in a few. Welcome back to School Through Spirit here on WLTKDB.com. I'm your host, Diet, and this morning my guest is a spiritual consultant and medium, an artist, a spiritual artist, paranormal event researcher, speaker, TV presenter, producer, and the star of Spooked Scotland. Please welcome world-renowned Chris Fleming. Hi, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Chris. How are you? Oh, just waking up. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Just waking up. That, yeah, that's my ago. day. Rolled out of bed a half hour ago. <laughs> oh, perfect. It's so funny because about three hours ago, I thought I'd send him a message. Good morning, Chris. Yeah, right. <laughs> I love it. I, have you been out of Scotland for a while? I'm hearing the the accent a little bit. Um, no, it's funny. I you know, Ever since I was a kid and I used to go to Canada all the time to visit my grandma because my dad was Canadian, I'd come home sounding either French or Canuck, you know, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I find that I tend to adapt to my environment pretty, pretty well. So when I was in Scotland for several months filming, it's called Spook Scotland in the UK, and they retitled it here in America, Haunted Scotland yeah. on Discovery and uh, Travel Channel. Um, I start talking a little bit like them, you know, you start yeah. picking up that thick Scottish accent. But uh, then I was in Ireland this past winter uh, in October, November, December. And we filmed the second season in Ireland. Uh, but I'm since I'm half Irish, there really wasn't much of a change. <laughs> I love it. You know, so, hey, mate, you know, it's just, it's just, you know, between going to UK, Scotland and Ireland, you know, there are some similarities in some of the, the accents that they have. There really is. I, I, I've been joined not to spend that much time there, but between the two, I, I completely <clears throat> agree. And sometimes it gets really thick. Oh, well, the funny thing is, is some, uh, especially when I was in Glasgow and, and Scotland and, and our one presenter, Evelyn, the first season, she talks so fast, you know, and she was talking so fast. And I'm like, you know, Evelyn, I can't understand. I'm 
you know, a word you're saying. She goes, well, it's not my fault. She goes, it's not my fault. Your brain is slow. I go, brain is slow. She's a smart ass, right? And I said, brain is slow. No, your accent, you don't realize because you're so used to it, is so fast. You need to slow it down a little bit because when you go on American TV, people mm -hmm. are not going to be able to understand what you're saying. So it ain't about me. It's I'm just trying to help you because I know America and paranormal TV as well as any other TV is when people have an accent. If they can understand what you're saying, a lot of them are going to rip on you. I mean, they did that with Sandy when I was doing Help My House is Haunted, Yeah, you know, because she had this thick uh, French accent. And even I kind of joked around with her. I remember uh, it was the first season Help My House is Haunted, which has not aired in America yet. Because right. there's distribution uh, difficulties where the distributor won't release it yet right. for the American market. But the second season's on there on Discovery. But she was saying, uh, she was trying to say the word folklore, right? Mm -hmm. And she was going, well, you know, it's like a folklore. And I'm like, folklore? <laughs> and she goes, folklore. I mean, like a folklore? You know, and I'm doing this with my hand, like folklore. You know, like it's like some monster's got this right. four claws, you know? Right. And we just started busting out laughing and she was kind of upset. You know, I was like, I'm not making fun of your accent, but I just want you to enunciate so Americans can figure it out too. Well, they left that in the show and it's hilarious. It's a nice I little mean, comical moment. You know, those, those realisms that you have because so many paranormal shows are so serious. Yeah. I've always told them, you know, I have a really big sense of humor, so I goof off a lot. Yeah. And then sometimes I'm really serious and do not goof off when I'm serious because I'll get really upset. Right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so you see that personality in haunted Scotland because Gail and I, Gail Porter mm -hmm. on haunted Scotland, I had worked with her 15 years ago for three seasons of dead famous. Okay. And the people that remember dead famous, that was on bio channel and A and E we always had this great chemistry. I mean, from the get go, we had this like brother, sister chemistry. And I always told her we were going to work together again one day. And we did. We worked on Haunted Scotland. We did 10 episodes. And it's like we never stopped. I mean, people that know um, our uh, companionship from Dead Famous when they watch Haunted Scotland, it's like we just picked up, you know. And we, you see us talk about certain things from that era. We bring up certain things in the show, which is great because I told the executives and the producers, I said, listen. Because at first they're like, no, no, no. I said, no, no, no. And I, so I talked to one of the executives. People are going to know us from that show. If you don't let us talk about certain details from that show, which is based on experience, because when we go to a place, she had something happening emotionally with, with children. Right. And, and I said, remember the one time when we were at the Queen Mary, you had that happen? She goes, yeah. So we would bring up those past experiences to relate, which a lot of viewers familiar with the show would recognize. And they loved it. Yeah, right? I and it's, it's all being real. You know, you can't cut that stuff out when people know each other and they're going to bring up past experiences. And, you know, in the paranormal is when you have certain experiences, sometimes we try to relate it to past experiences for a greater understanding. Because even though a lot of stuff may be anecdotal, it, but the thing is, is it, when you take a look at science and everything, it builds up. When you have enough experiences to put together, you can come to some type of theory or conclusion. Right. The same thing is when people have investigated together many years and had experiences, collective experiences together, they will bring some of those things up. Mm -hmm. We were able to do that. The network loved it. You know, everybody loved it. And you know, that's just all part of the reality of what we do. I love that because I love it when people take shows like that and they make them real. They make them real. I mean, we have a mutual friend in common. And I'll tell you what, every time he has a show that's real and I see that episode, I'm messaging him. Holy crap, you made this real. Right, right. You know? Well, that's the thing. I'm always you know, and it, it, it's, it, I had a conference call with one of the commissioners for Discovery. Um, and he was new to the the company at the time and he's been there now he says i just got to talk to you you know about one of the shows you did that the one thing we like about you is you're 
authenticism and, and that your experience, you know, you're just so real. I said, well, I am real. I mean, I, I grew up in a haunted house. I have experiences going back to when I was one and a half years old. Uh, I just remember one. And I told my mom and she was shocked because we were in uh, New York. We lived in New York. My dad played for the New York Rangers. So it would have been like 68, uh, 68, okay. between 68 and 69. So I was only a year and a half. And uh, I had an experience. I was in my crib and I remember seeing these lights, these vertical lights, these voices. And next thing you know, I'm out of my crib and I'm walking towards them, you know, stumbling. And I see the TV in the right hand side. That's all static uh, because back in those days, programming would only go to like maybe 10 o'clock or whatever. And then they shut it off. Right. right. And yeah. they would they play the flag. Dun, dun, they'd be signing off. Right. Yeah. And uh, the babysitter was asleep on the couch. And I remember the door was open for the screen door. And I went towards it and we were on the second or third floor. It's all I remember. And then I remember just sitting on sand near the beach mm -hmm. and uh, some guy comes running up with his dog. So there was this gap in between. And when I, my mom had a bad feeling and she came home, she told my dad something's wrong. She kept calling. The baby says, oh, no, he's fine. He's fine. And then when she called again, baby says, like, you know, he's missing. She's like, what? So my parents raced home. And by the time they got there, our neighbor who had his dog had me in his arms, found me two blocks away sitting on the, the beach in the sand. And I remember I was sitting on the sand. I just saw these lights and these lights just kind of took off over the water. And I was just, you know, reaching out for them, waving them. And I saw them once again years later. Right. But that was my first, you know, paranormal experience was going back to that. I remember telling my mom and she's like, that's impossible. We were in New York and the thing, you know, and that uh, she was, I can't believe you remember that. She was, so she tells me her side where, you know, because my mom has ESP. She's very sensitive. Okay. And she had this sense of fear. Something's wrong with Chris. Something's wrong with Chris. I got this feeling. My dad's like, oh, just relax, you know, and they're trying to have a nice dinner. And my mom kept calling, you know, back in these days, you put the quarter in, you dial on the phone and you call, right? <laughs> so she would call my mom, um, the babysitter and baby says, no, he's fine. He's fine. And then like the third time she called because it's when you get that feeling, you just can't let it go. Right. She's right. She's always had that feeling growing up. Whenever there was danger or problems, she'd call me and even flight 191. My mom was a flight attendant 30 years. And she'd tell me for like a month, there's going to be a plane crash. There's going to be, I see a plane crash. I see all this black smoke of a plane going down. And then about a month, month and a half later, we were just talking about this actually yesterday with me, Rod Fabiani and uh, Alex Felix. And uh, my mom was getting her nails done over by O'Hare about a mile, mile and a half away. And while they were inside the shop, they had this boom. So everybody goes outside and they see this big plume of smoke, black smoke, which is fuel. And my mom's like, that's a plane crash. And then sure enough, it was the, the plane crash in Chicago, Flight 191. So my mom's always had those abilities, you know, and I'm, I'm still grateful she's alive. I've recorded some of our conversations about this to have it for, you know, documentation. But, uh, yeah, you know, I just I just had to share that story. <laughs> well, I, I was going to ask you where this all starts, you know, because with everybody, we start some, and I'm sure you get the same question all the time. Oh, my God, Chris. How did you know you were doing this? How did you get into this? You know, well, for, for people that know, there's there's many different variables that can occur. You know, the one thing I want to tell everybody, everybody has higher consciousness. OK, when you say psychic abilities, it's higher consciousness. OK, we're connected to the collective as spirits and souls. When we come into this physical body, this three dimensional realm, the human brain, which filters it out, the human brain's a computer, mm -hmm. but it also filters out and it only recognizes three dimensional realm, which is in this environment. So our higher consciousness gets filtered out. We're not able to access all that. So everybody does have psychic ability slash higher consciousness, but it's limited through this filtering system of this human body. Now, you know, like we only see 10% of the electromagnetic field through our eyes. There's 90% of electromagnetic field we don't see. So we only see the visual spectrum. We only hear down to 20 hertz. Some people might hear 18 hertz and then, you know, up to 20,000 hertz if I'm correct on that. 
So we're limit. We have limitations with our hearing and other sensitivities. Plus, we have five or six other senses, you know, electroreception and other uh, senses that can detect our environment for balance and frequencies. Right. But going beyond that, going into other realms of non-locality, that's where higher consciousness comes in. Now, people can open that up through practice and meditation, expanding their consciousness to realize that they're greater than their physical body. People can have near-death experiences that they leave the body and they come back, but they maintain some mm. of that out-of-body type consciousness. And then certain people can have certain traumas that can awaken that. And then some people are just born with it through heredity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this was a thing going up, growing up that my mom had ESP. She had dreams that come true and she would get these visions. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it usually had to do with disasters. Right. So we recognized at an early age that I was getting my ESP from my mom. But when it came to the ghost thing, we didn't really know. But when I would go to Canada in the summer, I loved my grandma was like my second mom, my dad's mom. Right. And he loved the fact that I was so close to my grandma. So when I would go there, I would tell her some of the ghost stories and she didn't want to talk about it. She was, why not have no, we're not going to talk about that stuff in this house. Like she was, mm -hmm against that for some reason, but she would tell me that Bob, she, my great grandma was like, she died at 91. She had experiences, was able to see stuff. She was, well, you should talk to Bob. She, well, I couldn't talk to Bob. She, cause Bob, she only spoke Polish right. and I didn't, and I didn't speak Polish. So I'd sit there trying to tell Bob, she stuff. And Bob, she would just look at my grandma and my grandma tried to tell her. And then, you know, my grandma wouldn't be into it. So I would never get a complete, you know, question and answer session with my great grandma. Right. So that was that. But the thing was growing up, my dad would always be like when these ghost experiences would happen, whether it was in, in the room with him or in my room and he'd come racing in the room, turn the light on. He would just tell them, he would say to me, and you know, I went and studied psychology in college specifically to try to understand my dad okay. and to try to understand, you know, if there was other people having these experiences. Now, of course I was disappointed when I found out taking psychology in, in college that uh, they didn't talk about this stuff. They talked about hallucinations, manic depression, schizophrenia. So I always had these questions about the paranormal related to that, and they would just ignore my questions. Mm -hmm. But going back to my father, you know, growing up, he would make certain statements like, just ignore them, they will go away. Ignore who? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So late, later in life, I remember when I was publishing my magazine, I published a paranormal magazine in the 90s called Unknown Magazine, and I did uh, some newspaper articles and radio shows. And Chicago sometimes uh, interviewed me on a couple experiences in my magazine. And so they said, well, we want verification. I'm going to talk to your dad. I'm like, oh, no. You know, oh, no. My dad's going to just, you know, like, oh, it's just, you know, this and that. And right. they call back, okay, your dad checked out. Plus, your dad just saw a ghost two weeks ago. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, and this was like back in the late 90s. So I called my dad. I go, dad, you just saw a ghost? He's like, well, there's no such thing as ghosts, but they're people. I go, so wait a minute. You saw like a, something? He's like, yeah. I go, what'd you see? He goes, well, you know, I woke up. I was next to Carol and this man was hovering above her. And then he glided back up to the bed. I was like, it's the first time he saw it. He goes, no, it's the second time. Why didn't you tell me? Well, why should I? And I'm like, dad, because I'm into this stuff. He's like, so I'm not. And I'm like, oh my God, just the way my dad was, right? So later in life, you know, my dad had a stroke, heart attack. And for five years, he was, he was bedridden in the care center. So we would have all these conversations. A lot of them I recorded on audio or video. And he would say, son, listen, they, they, I, so, so you saw all these ghosts growing up in Hoffman Estates in our house. He goes, yeah. Why didn't you say this? Son, listen. I was at the end of my career playing hockey. I had to put food on the table. I was bouncing from jobs. That's what was important to me. I didn't have time to try to understand and figure this stuff out. You're the one that had problems with it, not me. I said, so all those times I was seeing stuff in the room, you saw me. goes, well, yeah, if I was looking that way, I'd saw it, but I just ignored it. And I found out when I ignored it, they would go away. And I'm like, oh, my God, Dad. And he would say, Chris, they're not ghosts. They're just people. So whenever I said, Dad, there's a ghost, he says, there's no such thing. They're just people. 
And so that was his perception and his terminology. So obviously understanding this in communication with him, with my mom and my grandma was my mom's side and my, uh, my mom's mom had dreams and visions that would come true. So they had the ESP. My right. mom never saw a ghost, but she would feel things that would come for her that would be in the room and she would just close her eyes and be terrified. My dad is the one that saw stuff, but he also had a, a pretty good intuition, this knowingness, you know? Right. So we have to understand that it came from both my parents. I love that. I love that. Now, I'm going to ask you because there is that old adage, and I, I already know the answer. But you know how everybody says, oh my gosh, everybody's got the psychic or the higher consciousness, but not everybody's right. a medium. Right. That it has to be in a bloodline. Where is your view? Where are your views on that? Then, since it is on both sides. Well, the thing was, is, you know, I didn't like to talk about it too much because in grade school, I got teased here and there, except for a couple of my best friends that had experiences in my house. Right. And then once they had experiences and we all saw ghosts together and then we used to do the Ouija board and stuff and go flying across the room and we'd have crazy experiences. Right. So for us, it was a thrill. I mean, we were messing with stuff we shouldn't have because I opened up some doorways to some bad stuff that happened in 76 and 77. But the fact of the matter was having your best friends at first not believe you, but then have experiences. Now it was like we were like early ghost hunters when we were in like third, fourth, fifth grade. So for us, it was really exciting. But then when you get to, you know, high school, you're into sports and girls and stuff like that. You don't do too much of it, except when Halloween would come around. We'd mess with the Ouija board. We'd go to this place called Cuba Road where there's a lot of paranormal stories of hitchhikers and, and ghosts. Mm -hmm. We had some experiences, but. So we do that just around the holidays, you know, and I didn't think too much about it. And then when I went to college, you know, I would share some stories with fraternity brothers and there were some ghost stories at the college. And I had a couple of things happen, but I was mostly focused on, you know, studies and school. And then when I got out, you know, you'd always run into people that have had experiences. And then, you know, it, it happened. Uh, I was working for a newspaper because I was a graphic designer and artist for several years. And I went into advertising, doing direct mail marketing, and I was an advertising and creative director. Then I left that industry um, because the market started changing. We we're going more towards the internet. And then I actually somehow went into the mortgage business. And then in the mortgage business, there was several people and I was in the middle of Chicago. So we had this really big ethnic uh, of all individuals from different countries, which was so cool because we had someone from Africa, from China, uh, Middle East. So I learned a lot of their different cultures just from working with them. But there would be nights they would tell paranormal stories. Like one guy saw a ghost the night before, so he started telling a story. Next thing you know, everybody goes around the room from their different upbringing or their culture telling ghost stories. And I was fascinated right. that from different backgrounds and races and their, their perspectives of ghosts and some of their ideology and how they described it was just fascinating to me. So we had a city newsstand, which was at the corner, a couple doors down. So I went in there and I started picking up all the magazines, Fate Magazine, Alternate Perceptions, UFO Magazine. And I used to read Fate when I was a little kid. So I started collecting all these magazines and catching up on them and decided to publish my own magazine to allow people to tell their story. Mm -hmm. And by telling their story, I was fascinated that people all over the world had experiences, you know, and then I started getting into UFOs and everything because I started interviewing some military personnel. So for me, going back to the 90s, I just dived. I was actually obsessed, especially about the, the aliens and the underground stuff and everything that I had found from talking to some of these military personnel. And I was just like, oh, my God, you know, we got to tell them. So everybody started freaking out around me like, all right, this guy's crazy. He's got this monster magazine. My dad's like, why are you doing this monster magazine? It's not a monster magazine, Dad. It's not famous monsters of Filmland, okay, that I grew up with. This is like real stuff. Oh, why don't you just stick to your mortgages and everything else? And my dad was kind of embarrassed about it. You know, right. he's like, why are you doing all this stuff? He goes, you know, you just because he's old school, you don't talk about stuff like that, right? right. Oh, but yeah. For me, I, I, it was like, so I had a lot of resistance, a lot yeah. of resistance. 
I was going to say, I, everybody asks me, like, why is everybody opening up now? I'm like, well, Salem has finally ended. Religion's not against us anymore, and people aren't afraid, you know? But we come from a lot of generations of fearfulness. Just well, I think Paranormal's TV has helped a lot. I mean, because I was familiar with the cycles, because in the, I used to watch, you know, the, one of the first what was it the Bigfoot and the, and the Loch Ness monster specials they used to do in the seventies. Yeah. And I was fascinated by that stuff. And then of course, some of the close encounters and everything else. Mm -hmm. And then there was the, uh, the documentary amazing world psychic phenomena that I saw as a kid that got me into EVPs back in 1976 wow. with uh, Raymond Burr. So for, as a kid, I was always fascinated by that documentation and then books I'd go to library and do some research on. Mm -hmm. So in the nineties, they had a lot of documentaries and shows that came out and, I collected a lot of them on video because I was doing a magazine. So I needed my resources. Mm -hmm. So I've been familiar with paranormal TV for over 30 years and the cycles that occur, you know, and then you had, uh, there was the show fear that came out, mm -hmm. you know, there's in search of and all those other shows, but they weren't really investigative. Right. You had fear that was kind of close to that played off the fear. And then most haunted came out and then our show came out dead famous. And then a year later, ghost hunters came out. So when mm -hmm. you saw most haunted, uh, dead famous ghost hunters then ghost adventures came out that right there slowly like ghost hunters made the biggest impact and then ghost adventures those two shows made the biggest impact because they were trying to keep you know their feet grounded and, and do investigative scientific and stuff like that and then that those two shows really helped uh commercialize the paranormal and ghost investigating and i knew we had so many skeptics start coming out from skeptical inquirer and everybody in the in the late uh, 2000s and stuff. And it was hilarious, some of the stuff they said. And then they just pretty much disappeared. <laughs> if you've noticed, they've pretty much just quieted down and disappeared. Why? Because paranormal completely overwhelms any type of skepticism because the more people that got into it and got involved, all these ghost hunting groups, there's millions of them all over the world, they realize that the data speaks for itself. The EVPs and everything, it's there. It's not radio waves. You know, and when skeptics would say, Oh, well, it's stray radio waves. Really? I've never had an EVP from Madonna or ACDC. Sorry. <laughs> you know, there's never been a song or sports thing that has popped up on EVP. And there was a home run. Did you hear that EVP? You know, it's like a touchdown. We've never gotten that ever, you know, thousands right. and thousands of EVPs. So that's all bull. Right. You know, so, you know, when you're out there in the field and you do it over and over again, and sometimes people get it on their first try. They realize, oh, my God, there's something here. It's real. So the data speaks for itself. So TV really helped popularize and making it cool to go out and do paranormal investigating. And it just took off, you know, and now everybody continues to do it as whether it's a hobby or legitimate research or just for fascination. And then all the people on YouTube that popped up doing it because there's something to it. It's real, you know. It's and I'll, I will tell you what I got a story on this, Chris, and you'll you'll die laughing on this, or you'll be like, "Holy crap!" Because the first time I actually worked, with <clears> the, you know, the ghost boxes or whatever you want to call it, I can remember them pulling them out like they're going to use these things. So I'm thinking, "Yeah, a bunch of BS." No, not mm -hmm. going to believe that thing. And in my mind, I literally went, "If that is real, it will say my name." I mean, most people can't pronounce Diet, let alone say Diet. Right. You know what right. I mean? So in my head, I'm like, "It'll say my name if it's real." And I'm not kidding you. We went to investigate. They turned on the box. Let's talk to the box. And what's it say? My name. Yeah. Clear as a bell. I mean, oh, yeah. we all went, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, no, it's, it's, it's it, I, I remember that. That was right around 2005, 2006 and seven. Yeah. Um, you know, Frank Sumption came out with his Frank's box. And a lot of people don't realize is, is they think he's the pioneer, but Marcello Bacci 
actually in Italy was doing that with old radios and tube radios, um, military grade uh, shortwave radios and stuff. And that's where Frank learned it from and he started replicating and had success. And then Bill Chappell um, actually he had a couple of things that came out. He saw what Frank was doing and he hacked the old Radio Shack hack box as we call them. So at the darkness radio events, when Dave Schrader was doing his events, you know, people, they would have a couple of those radios. And I remember Dave saying to me, oh, you got it. Oh, it's just noise. And he's like, no, Chris, you got to really. And so I sat down with one of them and I got one from Bill and I was like, oh, my God, you know, this is amazing. And then I was having conversations back and forth with the spirits, you know. Mm -hmm. And then I remember uh, Dave had a, one of the events, I think it was at the Queen Mary. Gary Galka was there, Bill Chapel, Frank Sumption was there. We had all these engineers in one spot at one time, which was phenomenal. Right. And Gary had created the Mel meter based on some ideas and concepts he saw. Plus when he saw what we did on ghost hunters with the K2 meter. And so he created the Mel meter. And then uh, I was at that time wanting to create a commercialized version of the hack shack box, but I'm not an engineer by any means. Right. And I remember Gary and I sat down and Gary wanted to do the same thing because mm -hmm. it came up in a panel discussion. Oh, I want to try to do something to create this. And Gary said the same thing. We looked at each other. And so we got to become friends. So uh, Gary and I sat down and Gary put together the schematics and we decided, okay, let's create this type of ghost box. Mm -hmm. And he had sent me the demo and I said, all right, change this, add this. Let's, we need this. We can go reverse forward. It'd be really cool. Not just going in, in one direction right. um, because that can alleviate some skepticism. Mm -hmm. So then he created it with the different speeds. So I remember he sent me the demo and I was testing the demo and comparing it to the hack shack. And we go back and forth with some adjustments and, uh, then he says, we well, got to come up with a name. I said, all right. So I'm using the, 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 at the time we were just calling it a ghost box. Right. And I said, spirits, uh, you know, what should we call this? And they said, spirit box. I go, spirit box. Okay. So we'll call it the spirit box. I, I said, Gary, it's spirit box. They said they call it the spirit box. So it's not the ghost box. It's spirit box. He's like, okay, cool. He says, well, we need a number. We mean, we need a number. He goes, normally I have to have a number with it, you know, with engineering and this. I said, all right, fine. So I said, spirits, what number should we put this on? So I'm doing a session with it and it says seven. And then it says 11 and 13, but I said, okay, well, which one? 7, 11 or 13? And they said 777. And then one of them said SB7. And I'm like, oh my God, spirit box seven. So I said, Gary, SB7. He goes, how'd you figure that out? I go, they told me. <laughs> so a lot of people don't know is that the spirit box that we have, the PSB7, he added the P later because there is a, a law called the SB. Right. So to stand out in Google, you had to have the P paranormal spirit box seven. Right. The spirits named it. And then I took that demo and then on Ghost Adventures Live in 2009, October of 2009, as I introduced the, the very first spirit box with Zach and Aaron. We had, and you can see the excitement on my face and their face because this is the first time ever right. we've used the spirit box and it's live and it's happening right there and we're getting results. And then, do you like Aaron? And it goes, never. You know, it's just, it was just like, <laughs> it's amazing things that came out of it. And I, and I was so worried, you know, you're in live TV, is anything going to come out of this thing? Right. So Gary was excited. I was excited. And then, you know, he, he mass produced and I, I wish I would have had my hand on some of the money from the mass production. No kidding, At the time I was just sure. doing it to try to con contribute to the field. Little did I know he'd sell over 400,000 uh, 400, of these units. So it's okay. like, you know, I got nothing, oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> a millionaire from it and I got nothing, Nick but that's Simon just the way it is. Great story though. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I messed up. I've never been a good businessman. It's always like, all right, let's just do this. And other people are thinking about the profits and I'm thinking about just getting it out there. <laughs> well, you know, I was talking about that before you came on. You have to align yourself. But you know, oh, sometimes my we have to add in that we want money too. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. That. Right. 
So. Well, I love how it's like your whole, you know, everything you've talked about is really a lot about the paranormal and UFOs and yeah. but you're also medium. Yeah. Well, that's, oh, that's how it kind of, we started out is, um, yeah. you know, I remember when dead famous, the producer Charlotte reached out to me and I wasn't interested in doing the show. You know, I said, listen, I'm in the mortgage business. I'm doing really well. And I did my magazine. She was, aren't you in the paranormal? I'll always be in the paranormal, but you know, I don't want to put myself out there going on TV, talking about that stuff and being open to, to scrutiny. I, I, I turned it down and then she kept reaching out to me and, and my mom's like, well, you know, they're going to fly out to the UK just to shoot this little pilot, you know, for two days. It's a free trip. Just go. I go, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's a free trip. So I went, right. you know, and I didn't think anything of it. You know, we shot, we were uh, trying to make contact with Mark Boland, which I did. And we're standing at this tree where he got in the car accident and I start seeing him and I'm rattling all this stuff off. I'm like, oh my God, you know, I've done this in years and this is just, this is so cool. Right. And they're like, all right, great. So they made this five minute like pilot reel uh, of Gail and I working together. The network loved our chemistry. And then six weeks later, they call me and they tell me it's green lit. I said, oh, congratulations. They said, no, you're in it. I'm like, what do you mean I'm in it? And they says, you're, you're going to be on the show. I go, well, I don't want to be on the show. Well, that's why we flew you out here. You can't just back up now. We just got green lit. So I had to struggle with the fact. I was so nervous. Like, I don't want So I remember I sat down with my mom and my sister. Just want to let you know, guys, no, I'm doing this. And it's going to be on TV and this and that. And, you know, I don't know if we want to open up this Pandora's box and you know, the, the very first episode, I remember, I'll tell you this, yeah. is uh, uh, Charlotte says, okay, we're doing Marilyn Monroe. Okay. And you can, if you watch the show, you can see I'm very green. It's like, I don't know, you know, what's going on. And I'm just, I mean, I'm just, just me, you know, and, but I'm like real nervous while I'm eating the chili. Like I'm, you know, how do you fill this dead space? You know, it's just like, it's like, I've never been on TV. This is so nerve wracking. Right. But we had to do this seance to contact Marilyn Monroe. And we had some people there that had collected stuff or associated with Marilyn Monroe. And there was this other psychic there. And Charlotte's like, okay, you need to lead this seance and come in contact. Well, what if I don't come in contact with Marilyn? So now there's this pressure. And I'm like, I can't do this. She goes, you have to do this. You're the presenter on the show. I'm like, all right, I have an idea. This other psychic, I'm going to pitch it to him. (laughs) Right? So I bring everybody in the room. I start doing the white light, start everybody holding hands. And I, you know, I start seeing something, you know, I, right. I, I see someone I, and I go, so I said, to the other psychic, Mike, what do you see? Do you, what do you see? Do you see what I'm seeing? And he just takes off with it. Starts making contact with Marilyn. I'm like, Oh, thank God. It's, <laughs> it's not on my shoulders anymore. Well, I'm just sitting there and the producer's like, you need to do something. I said, no, I'm good. He's good. You know, let him go. <laughs> you know, people don't know this. It's like, I don't, don't want to be involved in this. And all of a sudden I start getting poked in the cheek. Now I, we all have our hands. We're holding our hands. Mm-hmm. And I started, and I thought maybe the producer or director is poking me in the cheek. So I turn around and I see a ghost of a little girl standing there and all these people behind her. And I'm like in shock. And she says, Chris, we've always been here. We've never gone away. It's not like you have to turn it off and on. You just have to believe in us again. And I start crying because I thought I lost it. Right. Those connections. And all of a sudden I turn and the producer race. So why are you crying? What's going on? there's all these ghosts that are right beside me and they're telling me everything's gonna be okay. She's like, well then talk to them. You know, she's like, tell us about it. And I'm like, okay. Cause back then I was like, I was afraid to say stuff. I just kind of right. keep it to me. Right? right. So I learned to project and to say what I'm experiencing and what I'm getting, not just understanding that, you know, people watching on TV, they don't know what you're thinking, what you're going through, what's in your eyes. So I had to learn to describe what I'm feeling, what I'm seeing, you know, and that was the, the transition that w- was difficult is I had to say, okay, you know, now it's easy for me. I understand. Right. But in the beginning stages, it was like, you know, how do I describe this? How do I explain this? You know, this is crazy. It's, yeah. So it was, it was a, you know, you embraced it. Once you embrace it and you just go with it, you just t- don't question it. And it just happens. 
That's, that's amazing. Yeah. So many, that is, you know, I teach this stuff and that is the hardest thing to teach somebody to say, just trust, right? Believe, right. trust, you know, right. what a profound way to have that happen on camera. I mean. Yeah, but but to have her go because she didn't understand that you know I've been kind of suppressing this. And when we did the show, they said, "Are you a psychic and medium?" I said, "Well, I don't want to put that out there because I've seen the scrutiny people go under." I said, "I'm just sensitive. Just say I'm sensitive to the, you know, beyond the five senses and stuff like that, which we did, you know. But I've always been a medium because I communicated with when I was a little kid. We used to do seances and I used to hold hands with my mom and, and her friends, and I tell the spirits to come forward and do stuff in the house." But people don't understand is that when you go through that through the 70s was a completely different time than now is that people shunned you for that. It was, you know, you were critiqued. And I mean, I remember a teacher pulling me out in grade school because I went to Catholic school saying ghosts don't exist. And I'm crying going, yes, they do. And my parents have raised me to always be honest. And we get reprimanded if I lied. And I'm trying to tell the teacher the truth. And she's telling me they don't exist. I was so confused. Yeah. You know, so it was like my parents are like they had to have a, a teacher parent conference because of this in first grade. Yeah. And my parents like, do not tell people what's going on, you know, and they say, oh, your son has an overactive imagination. He's talking about ghosts and this and that. And they're like, well, you know, we got stuff going on in the house, but, you know, he's not supposed to talk about that. So <laughs> back then it was tough. So I was raised where, like, you know, you just don't really. I mean, the magazine was fine because it's print and you're behind. But to have your face there and people in front of you and doing it in front of them was was for me. I was I was scared, Yeah, you know, and then after the first season, I quit. I actually quit the show because I'm like, I don't want to do this. You know, you know, I just stick to the being a, a mortgage broker. That's there's more, more nobility to that than, than being a, a psychic and a paranormal investigator. But I began to realize it wasn't about me. And, and, and the thing I'll tell people, which I learned is it's not about me. And I went through shifts. Oh, I'm on TV, this and that. I'm not on TV. Oh, I don't want to be on TV. Oh my God. People won't leave me alone. You go through all these different things. And I realize, you know, it's not about, it's about the ghosts. It's about the spirits. When we go to these locations, the ones that are trapped, they're helping them, understanding them, understanding the afterlife. It's about that. It's not right. about you. So I learned being in the paranormal, whenever I worked on other shows, I always want to know what, what are some of the people's intents, you know, and I won't do a show if I don't like the person, if their intent's not there, you know, people are like, Oh, I want to get my own show. And people say, Oh, Hey, how do I get my own show? I go, why do you want your own show? Well, I want to be on TV. I said, you know what? Don't talk to me. I said, you're doing it for the wrong freaking reason. Mm -hmm. You know? The thing is, is that we need to be contributing something to the field. We need to be opening up these doors to try to understand. You are an investigator, researcher that you go in and you describe what you see, what you've encountered, what you've experienced. And we add that to the paranormal field, right. you know, and then sometimes there's stuff like when we came in contact with the Fae doing Help My House is Haunted and it was the second season, we came in contact with these pixies. And I remember Barry and Jane were like, no one's going to believe us that we're coming in contact with faith. Doesn't matter where they believe us. Forget that it's about you. It's not about you. It's about the research and understanding. Think about the greatest discoveries in, in, in history, whether it's different different species or planets or understanding of time or whatever. There was so much skepticism. You know, you look at, uh, what was it, penicillin? What was his name? Uh, Alexander, whoever it was that uh, discovered penicillin. I know who so, you're talking about. I just can't say yeah, <laughs> There's bacteria and all these organisms around us that are killing us, making us sick. People thought he was nuts, you know? Yeah. So the thing is, I go, listen, we have to describe and relate whatever we're coming in contact with. So we came in contact with these pixies, which were known to be in Devon, mm -hmm. but I'd seen one. We caught three of them, small of them on the SLS camera, the digital dowsing camera, not the knockoff. Right. And we got them on EVP saying we are pixies. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, and then Barry and I saw this small thing outside during the middle of the day race out of the garden through the wall. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. So we realized, you know what, guys, we're paranormal investigators. We have to say, hey, this is what we saw. And there was some skepticism from other investigators when they're all, oh, God, they're talking about elementals, you know, no such thing, bullshit, stuff like that. But I hate to tell you, they're real when you've been there. And we came in more contact with other episodes and, of course, Haunted Scotland and Haunted Ireland. We came in contact with various forms of elementals that, to me, I find it fascinating that not only do you have the spiritual realm that deals with ghosts, spirits, incarnate entities, demons, angels, and even parasitic entities, organisms that, you know, the military knows about when you look at the gateway. And then also you look at uh, the guy that created the gateway. I forgot his name at the moment, but he did a lot of out of body experiences and talks about these parasitic entities. Plus NASA knows about it. Some astronauts have had parasitic energetic entities attached when they come back that there's these other organisms that exist interdimensionally, uh, no different than we have in water or in the air that we breathe in. So you have these different realms and of course, extraterrestrials, aliens that are also dimensional and from other planets that we now know exist. Well, elementals exist too. They're not just all myths and legends. Things have obviously been altered or changed, but there are these other species and organisms that exist that retreat back into the ether and into the forests that are outside our visual spectrum. We can't see them inside our 10%, but they're slightly outside of that. And you're going to, we're going to discover more of that as time goes on. But as a paranormal investigator, I'm like, guys, we have to report, document, and share the data of what we're getting. Whether we agree with it or it's it's going to create skepticism, it doesn't matter. That's what you do as a paranormal investigator. You don't hide the facts that you get or what happens to you. Mm-hmm. You know, like I had something uh, uh, very uncomfortable happen to me at um, the jail in Scotland. Okay. And uh, God, I forgot the name of it. <laughs> and uh, Gail was interviewing this 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 tour guide there, and they were talking about some of the stuff that happened in the jail, and something very uncomfortable. I felt something very uncomfortable, which was a form of like place memory, and like I had been violated, and uh, I raced out of the room in shock, like trying to rationalize what just happened. Right. Did that really happen, or did I feel that? No, I know what I felt. I know experience. I was like, "What happened?" I said, "I don't know if I want to talk about this." So I told him what happened. They're like, oh my God, do you want us to put this in the show? Or I said, well, part of me doesn't want to go in the show because I'm going to get a lot of crap for it. Right. But in the same sense is that I have to live by my model that, hey, I'm a paranormal investigator. If something happens to me, whether you believe it or not, you have to share it. And it goes no different than you deal with the succubus and incubus people that have been sex, sex, uh, sexually molested or raped by these entities that goes back throughout history. And demonologists know about this and priests that have had those type of horrific type of cases. Yeah. And I know I've interviewed people when I was doing my magazine and had cases where people have been attacked. And even one, a friend of mine used to have a ghost that would get in bed with him and try to touch him sexually. And he didn't believe in ghosts and he was freaked out about it. So I know that these things happen. This was, you know, could have been placed memory. It was actually a ghost doing something. But then we find out that they used to do proctology exams right in that spot. Oh, well, that explains it. That was medical part where they bring them in there and they would double check for everything in, the, in that area. So I was basically just picking up the place of memory, yeah. but it's in the show, it's in the episode. And it's like, you know, you have to allow that whether it's not about you, but people will attack you for it and everything. Oh my God. Now this is happening to them. I'm like, Hey, listen, they witnessed it. You know, the whole crew witnessed what happened. And then the woman even says, well, similar things have happened to other people as well. So there is a collective going on over a period of time telling you that these things happen. Right. So our, our job as a paranormal investigator is to share the experience. And I love that because we're so told, and it's on the medium part, not the paranormal part, but we're always told to keep it light, keep it positive, keep it this, keep it that. And really, right. 
and paranormal, it's not all positive. You know right. what I mean? There is a lot, it, it's a whole collective of a lot of different things, you know? It is. And it's funny is because, you know, I, when I did a lot of the press and everything for this, it was brought up a lot and I'm like, Oh God, this is going to be bad. And there was one newspaper in Scotland that wrote this article and that's all they focused on was what happened to me. You know, man gets violent, paranormal investigators get violated at the jail, blah, blah. And I'm like, Oh my God, there's so much more to the show than just that. It's like, but they will look for that sensationalism and just, you know, lock in this. And I never even bothered retweeting that article because it was just, it's like, you guys missed the whole point. You know, I've got other, other teammates that have had amazing experiences contributed to the show and all this other amazing evidence that we got. And you're just going to focus on that. It's like, come on. Yeah. But my, 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 my comeback on that is like, thank you for putting that, that heavy part in there, that one part, because now you've curiosity to a lot of people to come to the show that would not have because you wrote this, this nonsense article. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like, more people are opened up because now they're watching the show. Yeah, the only thing is that, you know, sometimes people just don't take that sometimes seriously. I think it's over the top. I'm going to go like, why in the hell would I put myself in scrutiny and just make that up and just yeah, put well, that in the show? It makes no sense. It does. You know? But, you know, there was a day back, like when you talked about UFOs, there was a whole day when people didn't believe in Little Green Men. Right. And look at us now. You know, oh, of so, course. This is just one of those things that people one day are going to look back and go, wow, this did happen. And this stuff was it's all, Yeah, there. it's all, you know, well, the thing yeah. is, it's always been there in history. You look at all the hieroglyphics and the Sumerians and the, the Aztecs, the Mayans, you know, Egyptians. They all talked about these gods. And even in parts of the Bible, when you look at it, it talks about they're now like us, gods and this and that. And, and Moses going through after they left Egypt for 40 years or whatever, there's this craft in the air that would drop Manu, which was... Uh, which was a form of bread and whatever for them to. Mm -hmm. So you have these things in ancient scripture talking about aliens and craft. So it's, you know, it's just been suppressed from us, but it's, I'm surprised now, you know, to bring it up that the fact that you have all these whistleblowers coming out that legitimate and we've had them before, but nobody paid attention, mm -hmm. but it's not bigger news than what it is because the polit the political crap that's going on is overshadowing everything else. And I mean, this should be on every news channel. They should be diving in, investigating this, talking about this. And yeah, it's out there, but not like it should be. I mean, this is groundbreaking, you it, know, but it's just like, oh, well, okay. Yeah, well, we always knew that aliens exist and UFOs. And I love the fact that you are part of this groundbreaking, you know, because like for myself on this show, I'm, you know, there's no secret. I'm, I'm one of Doreen Virtue's Fariologists. I took the course you know, at the very beginning, blah, 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 because I, I always had experience with fairies my whole life, you know, so I wanted to see if there was more I didn't know about. And I'm hearing now more and more people like yourself talk about fairies, talk about the elementals, talking about gnomes, talking about all this stuff. And yeah, here's the, here's the thing is um, to something that's real. People got to understand something. And, and I don't mean it to be a jerk in any way. Okay. But because I've gone through the disassociation or the, or the skepticism growing up. And I've been through it. My father was a professional hockey player for 13 years. Reggie Fleming. He was one, he was a badass. He won the Stanley cup. He was known for being a badass on the ice and, and off the ice, but he always taught me to stand up for what you believe in, but just make sure you're right. Right. And plus I played sports 15 years, football, college, all American, you know, championships, all that stuff. I'm, I'm blessed. Couldn't have done it without my teammates. You know, everything, you create a team. You, you are a team, not just an individual. You're only as good as the people you're surrounded by. Right. So for me to come in contact with this stuff, I find fascinating. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, people that don't believe it and they're going to poo-poo the idea, I really don't care. You're 100% wrong. Right. Okay? Because we have enough data, enough experiences. Um, now, sure, there are people that elaborate and make up stories out there and that they're, they're like, oh, well, they're well, well over the top. And they believe they're seeing, because I've seen some videos and it's not elementals, it's bugs or whatever else. But the fact of the matter is, is that there are legitimate experiences and stories out there that are phenomenal. So for me, I find it completely fascinating. It's something I'm going to continue to dive in. I've had multiple experiences since my encounter with various species. Some I've seen face to face. A lot of stuff I have on audio and documented. So I know that there's much more to this. I have actual conversations back and forth that we recorded in Scotland and Ireland through ITC. They didn't even put on the show that I, I want to put out there on YouTube somehow just so people can see the conversations I'm having with them. That's extraordinary and it's undeniable. But for me, it, it it opened up some doorways from when I was younger that now makes sense. Okay. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell you two stories. One is when I was in kindergarten, I've always been an artist and I've always loved art and I have a degree in fine art and I have a minor in psychology. Okay. Um, I was going to go get my full degree in psychology and then get a, you know, higher degrees and stuff like that, but just didn't have the money at the time uh, with, it was just too much money. So I didn't go back another year to get it. Mm -hmm. I wish I did. Okay. (laughs) But to reflect back on my 40th birthday, I was born in 1967, just so you guys know, I'm 56. Okay. I hate getting old. All right. But my mom on my 40th birthday gave me this framed finger painting that I did when I was three years old. And I, and I vaguely remember it, but when she gave it to me, it's one of the greatest gifts she's ever given me because not only is it something from my past, I have it hanging in my meditation room, but it's proof in the drawing. I draw, I drew outside our front yard with the tree. I drew my cat, my favorite cat beside the tree and I drew a squirrel going up. Then you see all these circles with faces that I drew, sad faces, happy faces with arrows. And the arrows I drew was showing that they're flying around the trees. Mm-hmm. And back then I said, these are the, the tree spirits. There's all these spirits in the trees. And I said, oh, mom's like, are those the same ghosts? No, they're different ghosts. They don't come in the house. And she goes, what do they look like? You're just drawing these. Well, they don't want to show themselves to me because they said, I'll be scared. But I hear them and they talk to me sometimes when I'm by the trees or in the forest. All right. So I always had that, never knew exactly what it was, but I have it. Right. right. But when I was five years old, uh, living in the same house, Hoffman Estates, there were some kids by the park that said, hey, follow me. They're like 10, 12 years old. And I was only five. I said, follow us. So we went into the forest and we went to, they were starting to build another subdivision, you know, a little while away past the forest. So right. they had some dirt roads and they had some stakes in the ground. They were plotting where each home and each lot would be, but nothing was dug out. It was still grass and weeds and everything. Right. Well, the kids took off and left me. Now here I am five years old. I don't know where I'm at. I've lost sense of direction. I've gone too far from the house. I'm crying. I'm terrified. Right now it's a complete hot, sunny day. I remember looking at the sun and I'm scared. I go, which way do I go to go back home? I don't know. And I'm crying. So you just stand there. All of a sudden I start hearing these voices like little children, right? Right. We'll help you. We'll help you find you. Just follow us. And I'm like, where are you? Where are you? And I hear these voices and I couldn't see. I go, I can't see you. You're scaring me. Stop that. Mm -hmm. And they were coming from the flowers, the weeds and the grass that was there on the ground in front of me. So I start walking towards them. I can't see you're scaring me. And, but yet I would hear them all around me. Mm -hmm. I was terrified. You know, even though I didn't want to be, because when you hear these voices and they're talking to you and you can't see them, you don't know what to expect. Right. So your imagination starts going crazy. All of a sudden, that vertical white glowing slit that I saw when I was in New York as a kid appeared in front of me. 
And in front of me, these guides come out and there's like two or three guides. I can't remember. I just remember they're real tall, but it's like, I knew them and they go, Chris, come with us. And I race towards them. And all of a sudden we close and then we're somewhere else. We're walking over this beautiful field and they're holding my hands. It goes, we'll take you home. So I'm walking with them and they're glowing in this white pearlescent with a slight light blue and uh, their faces are just glowing. So I couldn't really see the details of their face. So I'm just talking to them like I always knew them. I felt total love and total peace. And we're walking. He says, you don't want to talk to them. You know, we'll, we'll take you. So next thing you know, we come to this end and it opens up and I don't quite recognize it. And he says, okay, we want you to just walk to the end of the street right here and take a right, right there in the corner. I said, right there. I said, why don't you come with me? He says, no. So I'm crying because I don't want to leave them and I don't want to be left alone again. He says, no, we have to go. We'll see you again. And it closes up and I'm reaching for it and it's gone. And I turn around, I start crying again because now I'm on my own. But I remember him saying, just walk straight ahead. I walk straight ahead to the corner. And as I turn, there's some man that's watering his front yard and he sees me and he races over. He says, son, you know, you lost. And I go, yeah. So he brings me into his house with his wife. They give me some cookie and milk. And they, they started asking me all these questions to find out who I am. Who are we going to call, right? Well, when I said that my dad played hockey, they know, oh, my God, there's a hockey player that lives in our subdivision. We know someone that knows him. So they called that person. That person called my dad. My dad came and picked me up. So I came home. I've always remembered that, right? But I never knew what did I come in contact with. Right. Going to the UK, Scotland, and Ireland, coming in contact with elementals and Fay, I realized, oh, my God, it was elementals. But I never saw them because I was afraid to see them so they didn't show themselves. Right. But I would hear their voices and know they were the Because when I was in the UK, Barry says, Chris, we call these tree spirits. I go, what? So I went and showed him the drawing I had done when I was three years old. These I called tree spirits, nature spirits, tree spirits. Oh, right. my God, they exist. So sometimes we may have encounters with these things, but we don't see them till later in life until we're ready to. Yeah. Oh, and I think that's incredible because I do honestly believe, especially with them, with like, you know, you and other people that are bringing this into more of a reality. I think people are going to be a lot less afraid, you know? Hopefully. Yeah. And, and I know there's going to be, I don't care. You know, I don't care about the skepticism. It's like, oh, because I've seen the comments when the show's aired. Oh my God, he's talking about imps. He's talking about you know, pixies, this and that. And because you see my excitement in, in one episode of Haunted Scotland, I go, pixies, are you here? And I go, oh my God, why'd they leave that in? Because I came in contact with them multiple times yeah. in the UK when we were doing Help My House is Haunted. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering, was it them? No, it was other stuff that we dealt with, you know? And, and for me, it's, I'm like a little, it's like going back to my childhood when I first had these extraordinary experiences, I'm all excited again. People are like, oh my God, why does he get so excited? Because you don't understand. When you grow up, with the resistance, the skepticism, and then you have people follow you. And then when you come into contact with new types of entities, you are just as excited because you're no longer afraid. Now you're going down this path of discovery that is like, oh my God, I want to know more. I want to experience more. Yeah. What, what can I learn from this? You know? And I love that because exactly how you just said that, how can I experience more? How can I do more? And it, it sounds like that's what fuels you and everything you do. You know, just how much more, more can I take in and then, and give this, present this to other people? Oh yeah. I mean, when we were in Ireland, uh, we went to Alwi Cave. Alwi Cave is this massive cave system that was discovered and it actually became the inspiration for Middle Earth, uh, for Lord of the Rings and all these, these other shows, Journey to the Center of the Earth and everything when they discovered it because it's just massive. And they said that there's, there's fey, there's elemental that exists in those caves. Well, they do. We went in there and they talked about the puka. And uh, 
we came in contact. When people see the show, we've got the puka on the audio and it's going to blow your mind because it was experienced with another paranormal group in real time. And they're the shock on their face when we captured it. But um, for those that may not know this, for me, it was exciting because if you remember the movie with Jimmy Stewart called Harvey, where yes. he had this imaginary six foot rabbit. Yes. This entity, which took the form of a six foot rabbit was a puka. Oh. And they used that in the movie. There'll be the time where the guy, the doctor or whoever picks it up, gets the dictionary and finds puka and describes what a puka is. It's right. in the movie, right? This classic movie. Yeah. Well, it's known in, in mythology and legends and lore with the Fae that a puka can take the shape of a rabbit, a sheep, a wolf or a goat. And it, and I'm like, Oh my God, it's real. You know, I didn't know it, but it, it's real. These puka. Well, we came in contact with them. I mean, I got so many EVPs from that place. One of them says, where is the puka? It's like all these elementals are singing together to call out the puka. And it just, there are so many things that go on in other cultures, in other countries it may be hard for us to accept because our feet are on the ground in, in America, not there, but right. they totally accept a lot of villagers, everything. Oh yeah. We know the Puka exists. We know that, you know, it's been passed down. People have seen it. Jerry saw one or whatever. It's just normal for them. Mm -hmm. And to go there and investigate is just so exciting. It's, it's, it's amazing. And I feel blessed to have been able to go to some of these places, never realizing as that five-year-old kid that's crying because I'm lost that this would be part of my life. I wanted to be either a fireman or just an artist, which I'm still an artist, but never, never wanted to go down this path. Just the universe took me down this path and, and you have to embrace it. You know, it's hard to do though, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It's like, because I, I realized I had more of a normal life as a mortgage broker and as an art director, but it, it, there's, there's I mean, even the friends of mine and dating too, it's tough because people, Oh my God, he sees ghosts. And they say, oh, I want to, you know, one girl like, oh, I don't want you to know about anything in my closet and this and that. And just, oh, my God, you know, and like, you know, girls going running out of my house two in the morning because something's happened to them. <laughs> Had all these things happen. Right. You know, it's just extraordinary. And, and, and it's just the way it is. You know, you're, you're prone to people getting close to you, having experiences like some of my best friends that over the years I got to know that didn't believe had experiences with me. And I remember one guy who was skeptical. He'd always give me crap about it. And then he had an experience. Then when other people would try to be skeptical to me or make fun, he, he grabs his, Hey, I'm going to tell you right now, I didn't believe in this stuff, but I had stuff happen and I wouldn't have had it happen if it wasn't for him. So if he's telling you it happened, it happened, Exactly. you know? So it's nice to, and that's like anything else is I'm uh, very sensitive to people that don't believe because they have the right and they've never had the experience. Some people have had experiences, but they're terrified. So they still ignore it. They try to block it out. Totally understand because that's just who they are and their behavior. They just don't want to be more involved with it because they're scared. Fear is the biggest thing, biggest problem, fear. And you know what? The part of your story you haven't talked about that I actually embrace the most of you is that literally the college you went to is 20 minutes away from me. Oh, Beloit? Yeah. Oh, I'm wow. Not even 20 minutes away from the college. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, that was so. a last minute decision too. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just so strange because you'll hear about the- that school. Yeah, I love it. I, I used to go and look at it, look up like I would never go here because I'm not artistic, but it's such a cool school, you know? Yeah, it was a, it, yeah. it, it, it's a great, it's a great school and I yeah. love them to death. I mean, I, I, I had the ability to go to bigger schools and it was a last minute decision because the coach kept calling me to come play football. And the fact I'm like, wow, you know, he really wants me, 
you know, instead of these other schools. So he's the reason why he kept calling me says, you know, we need to know, are you coming or not? Are you coming or not? And I'm coming. And my mom loved the school. She thought it was beautiful. My dad's like, no, you need to go to Northern or U of I. And, you know, I'm like, dad, I'm not going to play in a big one school, you know? And so last minute, I remember the day I'm supposed to be there. I didn't leave till like nine o'clock at night. We got there almost like 11 o'clock at night. My parents were so upset because I kept saying I was going to back out and just go to junior college to Harper college. I was right. terrified to go to, to college, you know, to go away from home. But I'm glad I did. Made a lot of great friends, played football, did well, you know, in art, fine art, great professors, even some of the psychology professors. It's such a beautiful school. And, you know, some of these friends I have from my fraternity, we're still great friends today. And, and I'm blessed. And I learned a lot. I grew up. I got put in my place. I was a little cocky and some guys put me in my place and they taught me some wonderful lessons about life that I, I owe them for, you know. Right. And I'm blessed. So. And see, to me, it's just amazing because you'll hear, you know, with your life and how you speak, everybody assumes that you're probably from L.A. or you're from New York or you're from. No, that was the thing. You know, it was crazy. People always thought I was from L.A. from the beach because I had blonde hair. Yeah. Also, and everybody thought because I was doing a TV show where we did film in Los Angeles, Beverly Hills and, and West Hollywood and everything we were doing dead famous that I lived in California. It was so frustrating. Oh, how's California going back to California? What do you mean? I don't live in California. I mean, yes. I. I yeah. It was my second home for like three years when I was filming, you know, right. for two, three weeks, whatever. But it got so frustrating because when I was doing mortgages, people said, oh, he's in California. He's in California. Well, how am I going to do a mortgage if he's in California? And some people use that to get business away from me, you know, and it was just right. so frustrating. Right. Um, I thought about moving to California because I had a, a pilot that was with Mark Burnett for Fox, which was called Help My House is Haunted back in 2008. Right. Lloyd Aubuck, um, couple other wonderful individuals on the show but uh the pilot was horrible it was horrible i'm glad it never aired but if it was going to become a series i was going to move to california because i wanted to be near the burnett offices so i can be involved in the show right. you know and i was ready to move and then it just fell through and uh, after 18 months of on a contract and uh, i didn't go so that was the, the only time i i could not live in california just because it's just so expensive and everything else but there was a period of time I was going to go there. You know, I want to be by the beach. I'd love to be somewhere by the beach. You know, still, that's my goal is to end up being near a beach somewhere in another country or somewhere. Just do what I do. I drive to O'Hare, which is like an hour and 15 minutes away, and I go to Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm doing it this week. <laughs> yeah. I was in Tulum a couple of years ago and it was beautiful, but I love Costa Rica. And I know some my friends, my friend bought a place out there and I introduced him to Costa Rica a couple of years ago. So he's going there like every couple months, you know, and then another friend, uh, we're going to go out there sometime in the future because I would like to have a house there, you know, and then retire there because it's just so beautiful. I just want to be surrounded by nature, especially with the elementals and just how we now understand too, that trees and plants communicate and that they do have consciousness yeah. and people are like, what? Yes. Look at the science that's come out. You know, and I've been talking about this for years yeah. is that, trees and plants through the mycelium, the network underground, they communicate through a clicking system. And one tree, if one tree is not getting enough water, the other trees click and they communicate to back off their absorption through the root systems to allow that other tree to get some water. Yeah. Um, so they all share this common bond. Well, that's scary. Like, you know, when you say vegetarians or, you know, you don't kill animals or well, you're killing plants, you know, but <laughs> they have a consciousness too. But the fact of the matter is, is that we're all one so like the Indians do, you give, you pay your respect to that animal or to that plant for giving its life and substance to you and you become one with it. Um, you know, you don't disrespect any life form. So right. I've learned to be more respectful towards nature. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about psychic abilities, I'll tell you this quick story. 
yeah. is when I went to Costa Rica uh, one time, went to uh, Mario Posa and it was the national forest. And I, and I said to the universe, I want to come in contact with monkeys. So I brought some almonds with my six senses, bring this little package of almonds. So you're not supposed to feed the animals or anything. But as I walked in the forest, I put my hand in the tree. My friend's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm communicating with the forest through the mycelium. So I put my hand in the tree saying, I'm here to learn from the forest. And I would love to come in contact with monkeys to become one. So I knew that my thought process was going through the tree, going through the whole forest. 20 minutes later, there's a photographer taking a picture of a monkey up in the tree. So I walk underneath it and I'm like, oh my God, monkeys. And there's one in the background. There's another one. So all of a sudden, some of them start coming forward. And then when I opened up the bag, they're all around me. And I have it on video of me feeding all these monkeys. People are like, they're going to bite you. Don't do that. You're not supposed to. No, I already said my piece of the universe. They know I'm here to provide, not to take away. So they're ready to receive. You'll see in the video, the monkeys are banging their chest going, give me one. Give me one. I go, you'll get one too. And I gave every one of them like, you've done this before. Nope, never done it before. But I asked the universe, I wanted to experience this. And the universe is, is delivering because I put that out there to the forest. To me, that was an extraordinary result of how the forest does listen to you and receives by you, which like the Indians used to do. They would they would become one with the forest and the land, and they would know exactly where to go to get their food source or their water for hunting. And they would know where there's danger. The forest would warn them if there's danger when they became that connected. We've yeah. lost all that. You know, yeah. we've lost that. We rape and pillage the forest and animals and everything, and we don't have that connection. And I think we should go back to that connection. I always tell people, if you want to know the truth of what's happened, go put your hand on a tree, go talk to the tree. It right. will tell you the history. Oh, it's incredible. Oh. And, and for people suffering from depression, oppression, I tell them, go out with nature and open up and allow and put your feet on the ground to ground yourself with the earth, the vibrations and harmonic tones of the infrasound. And you become one with earth and it will heal you. And you'll get this inner sense of peace that is extraordinary. So I tend to go for walks around the neighborhood. I have where these beautiful lakes and everything. Or I'll go hiking or whatever once in a while, and I'll just sit there and peacefully become one with nature for healing. Yeah, it's incredible. It is it's incredible. I, I, Chris, I have so enjoyed you for this last Thank hour. You. Everything you've had to say, I mean, just you've covered so much. Yeah. Thank you. I want to let everybody know too. I'll put in here is that I'm hosting a Paracon July That's 8th. That's what I was going to say, guys. I need, yep. I need people to know this, you know, yes. that's something we didn't talk about, you know, right. Right. Is uh, I put together a Paracon with Woodstock Opera House in Woodstock, Illinois, the Opera House is where Orson Welles was resident. Dick Tracy grew up there. They filmed the movie Groundhog Day, Planes, Trans, Automobiles, and the place is historic built in the late 1800s. So we have 318 tickets available. Well, now it's down to like 100 something. We sold 150 already. But we have Dave Schrader is going to be hosting the panel. We have six individuals on the panel, such as Shane Pittman and Nick Simmons, both from 28 Days, Holzer Files. We've got Father Michael we know from the, from the Demon House with Zach Baggins. He's going to be there. Uh, Archbishop Christina Rake, Kara Phillips, Alex Felix. I'm going to be hosting the event. I will be speaking about ghosts and entities in, in America and in the U.K., Dr. Scott Kobaba, number one book on Amazon, Physicians Untold Stories About Miracles, Near-Death Experiences. He's going to be speaking. Amelia Cotter is going to talk about Haunted Chicago. And then we have Sam Maranto, who's the head director of MUFON in Illinois, along with Bill Koslausis, that is a psychologist, we'll be talking about the UFO sightings and the Chicago Mothman on stage. And so and then we also have Joe Diamonds, like this famous uh, mag magician mentalist that's going to do some psychic readings on stage, well-known in McHenry. So we have a, a full schedule of speakers and vendors and people come out. It's 30 bucks for the whole day, $10 for children. Get your tickets at Woodstock Opera House. Go to Woodstock Opera House, 
come join us from 10 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. in Woodstock, Illinois, for this first annual pop-up Paracon. Plus, there's a Starbucks right next door. <laughs> <laughs> for those that love coffee, and I love coffee, plus there's some great restaurants. And you get to go see, take pictures of where they filmed Groundhog Day. It's so yeah. cool. And just the incredible people, because I'll tell you guys, you show up. They're not like stand behind tables going, don't touch me. They're coming out and they're talking. That's now, are you the thing. doing readings with the artist? No, 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 no. I, I'm not doing any readings because I'm running the event. So it's oh, like, God, I mean, I'm going to have a table selling my artwork, you know, and I'm going to have some merchandise for the Paracon side by side. And I have some people that are going to help me run it. I'm going to be taking the speakers and introducing everyone on stage and making sure everybody's doing great. I mean, I'm low on staff. I mean, I have like one or two volunteers and I'm trying to figure out how am I going to run this thing? I mean, the, the Woodstock Opera House is going to have ushers and some other personnel, right. but I am the maitre d'. So I have to be introducing every speaker, making sure everybody's doing well. I can't do that standing behind my table. I will be going to my table occasionally in between speakers or when a speaker's on stage and I'll go back to my table and then run back to the stage because right. I want to make sure everybody is introduced and everybody's having a great time. Right. So I'm, I'm the host. got to be, you know, like the welcome to this big party that we're having. It's going to be an incredible event. Oh, it's fun. I hope you're going to be there. And I know I, we sold out of vendor tables real quick, and I'm trying to see if we can get a couple more squeezed in, but you I'm waiting to hear. If the universe wants me there, yeah, yeah. I will be there. Well, I'd love to have you there. And, and <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting to hear back from Betsy because I think we overbooked some tables. And that's so, okay. Yeah. So we're trying to uh, try to get And I was going. actually supposed to be doing something else that day, and Spirit kept saying, you're not supposed to be there. You're not supposed to be there. And I so I messaged a person. I said, I keep hearing I'm not supposed to be there. And they went, no, you're not. <laughs> right. Yeah. If we if we sell out for this event, then I'll do another one. You know, it's kind of a test. Yeah. But I originally wanted to do it for a lot of my followers and for I do all these paranormal access events around Chicago. Mm -hmm. So I said, how cool would it be if we all get together in one day, listen to some speakers, some vendors, and have fun? And that's what I did. And it kind of turned into a bigger project than I originally anticipated. But uh, you know, that's what it's about. And if it does well. We'll do another one next year, or we might even do it at some bigger places in Chicago. You know, we'll, well see. I'm going to tell you, if there's not a table there for me, if you need a volunteer, I'll come. You got it. Well, you're on the list. I got you on the list. <laughs> but if you need a volunteer, I'll come help okay, there. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. Not a problem. Just I reach out. It. You know, okay, you, you know how it. to get a hold of me. <laughs> Absolutely. You got it. So, and everybody, I believe you can find Chris at chrisfleming at .me.com. Am I correct on that? Um, ChristopherFleming.com. I'm going to be updating the website. It's outdated. But you can go to ChristopherFleming.com. Um, you know, you also can go to Chris Fleming Artwork on Etsy and Chris Fleming Artwork on Instagram and Chris Fleming. I think it's Chris Fleming Official on Instagram to yeah. see what I'm doing. But uh, for the tickets for the Paracon, go to WoodstockOperaHouse.com and just look for the pop-up Paracon for July 8th. You can get your tickets there. And I do recommend you get them in advance because if we do sell out at yeah. the door, you know, we got no more space for anybody in the auditorium. So make sure you reserve your seat. Got, you got to do this. So, and, and trust me, everybody, you, it's a great lineup, great coat. I mean, Nick Simons was on last week and I kept calling oh, him. Oh, was he? What a cool guy. He reached out to me and I'm like, yeah, dude, why don't you come on the panel? You know, and plus Shane's going to be there. I, and I just booked Shane last week because uh, Ron Fabiani, unfortunately, um, had to cancel. And I was so upset because I just had dinner with him Saturday. I'm like, man, I wanted you because he was on Chicago Paranormal Cops and he's a good friend of mine and he's well known in Chicago. So he can't make it. So I called Shane up. I go, Shane, can you fill a spot? So Shane's like, yeah, sure. And then him and Dave together are fantastic. So, you know, yeah. it, it works out the way it does. And they've been together all weekend. So, yep. you know, yep. they're going to get a couple week break from each other and then jump back in together. So it'll be yep. awesome. Yeah. And plus, it's a fun little town. When you see this cute little town, there's it's all these shops and little restaurants. There's a Mexican place or Mexican restaurant 
um, on the corner there has the best salsa I've ever had. It is amazing. And I'm not just saying that. And there's a diner right next door. There's DC Cobbs. There's a whole bunch of other restaurants. You can grab lunch and dinner afterwards. Plus I know Chicago uh, haunts um, because my VIP ghost hunt sold out. Chicago haunts is going to do a, a ghost walk around tour afterwards. I just talked to them. So I'll be promoting that for them. Cause I know a lot of people say, well, what else is there to do in the evening? Well, they're going to be something for you to do. So they're putting that together now. I love that so much to do guys. So this is someplace you need to get to go. And, yep. and whenever Chris pops up, just check his again, check because Chris pops up at events, just pops up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> really, I have experience with this. Chris just pops up, yeah. which is awesome. And I'll tell you what, if you ever have that chance to sit down, have a reading with him and the artwork he does is just phenomenal. And the message that comes with it is just Amazing. Yeah, our work's very healing for me, and I have such a fast mind. I'm always getting these concepts and ideas, and I'm just, you know, trying to get them down on paper as fast as I can. I love it. I, I'll tell you what, guys. My biggest regret was the one event I was with you at. I did not sit down. I did not sit down, and I should have. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's not your fault. <laughs> okay. You're busy. <laughs> you were booked at the very beginning for the day. It was over yeah. with, oh, yeah. which is awesome. But thank you, Chris, so You're much. You're welcome. Thank you. I'm sorry. I kept you over time, but I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Yeah, I got readings in a half hour, and I got to make some breakfast. <laughs> we got to get you going. So thank you so much. I appreciate you, and hopefully everybody, those tickets sell out way fast. So. Yeah, I hope to see everybody there, and thanks for listening today and having me on. Thank you. Have a great day, Chris. Okay, bye-bye. Everybody else, um, welcome back in a few moments with uh, School Through Spirit here with Diet Renee on WLTKDB.com. Welcome back. This is Diet here on School Through Spirit with WLTKDB.com. I've had the pleasure this morning to have Chris Fleming on with me. Chris Fleming, oh my gosh, he is just such a gentleman that if you've been watching um, or listening in the future, his range and his scope of knowledge on really all those things that we don't see that are really out of our spectrum. And he brings them to life. He gives us proof. He is always constantly showing that, oh my gosh, guys, this is real. This is real. Just give respect, honor, um, trust. And uh, mind blowing, guys, mind blowing. So, um, and again, please go see him at his pop up event in Woodstock, Illinois. That is July 8th. Go to um, um, Woods, go and get those tickets ahead of time because, again, they probably will be sold out before the date of it. Um, <clears throat> You, it's, it's not a day you're going to want to miss. It's not a day you're going to want to miss. So let's go on to our five card stud here, guys. Five card stud. We're going to pick a card. And I do apologize, guys, because Facebook was stating they had issues in the beginning. Um, I do believe it's been kind of on and off. People have wrote in here. And I did, I did see all the comments, guys. Trust me, I've seen them all. And I really just did not want to 
interrupt Chris because I know his mind works really fast and not that he couldn't handle it because he could in a heartbeat, but the information that was just coming through was just so amazing and I didn't want to interrupt that process. So, um, but let's do five card stud today. Um, I'm going to use Denise Lynn's Sacred Travel, Travel, Traveler Oracle deck this morning um, because I don't give this one enough attention. So pick one card, two cards, all five cards, whatever you'd like. This is yours for the day. Um, there you go. There you go. So let's do this. Let's do this. Uh, let's. I, I always cut it three ways, but it's really only the second cut that ever comes out. So card number one, great adventure. Take a risk, venture forward. So if you pick card number one, this is it. Great adventure. I like this because I really believe this is more of the take the risk. Take the risk, go forward. You know what? You've had a thought in your mind. You've gone, I want to do this or I want to do that, okay? Now, this these thoughts pop in here for a reason, guys. They pop in there for a reason. And it is for you to take that risk. It's for you to follow that guidance. Remember, you are created to that, you know, that consciousness. We are all created together. And when that information pops in, it tells you to do it. You need to go forward. You need to make this happen. Okay. So if you pick number one, that's what it's about. Take a risk. Make your life happen. Card number two, choosing your own path. What all is possible? I'm liking these cards so far, guys. I'm liking it. Because choosing your path, what is it? You're thinking about, oh my gosh, if you pick number two, this really is just a continuation of that first card because card number two, if you picked it, is really saying that, you know what, there is nothing limiting you. Absolutely nothing limiting you. You might be sitting in a position in life going, oh my gosh, everything's stable, everything's kind of, you know, I don't want to mess with this, but I could be happier if. I could have be happier if. And this card is telling you what else can you do? What else is possible? What else is in your scope or just outside your scope in that uncomfort zone that you can push towards? Now, card number three, card number three, grace and gratitude. Through gratitude, joy expands. Yes, awesome. Through gratitude, joy expands. And I'm going to tell you that is huge. If you pick number three, and you're going, oh my gosh, where where can I go in life? Why do I feel stuck? Why do I feel this? Why do I feel that? Honestly, it's gratitude, guys. It, I'm going to tell you right off, it's gratitude. It's being thankful for life. It's being thankful for things in your life. It's by going, thanking the trees, thanking your partner, thanking people, thanking God, thanking the universe, thanking life for happening. Because the more you're grateful, the more you're thankful, the more you give that respect, the more it gives back to you. Okay, so card number three is really telling you to wake up, open up, and, and start to have that grace. Be grateful. Okay, that's not a lecture, that's just really a way of life. Now, card number four is the rainbow blessings. Blessings are showering your life. Card number four blessings are showering your life. Look at that card. If you pick number four, four this really is that you know, it is looking at because things are coming to you. You are truly blessed this week. Not that you're not blessed every week because you truly are, but this card is telling you that, come on guys, open up, open your mind, open your eyes because blessings are happening everywhere. Okay. Now the last card is card number five. It's finding sanctuary, opening your spiritual source. These cards are screaming at me today. Oh my gosh. They are so screaming at me today. Open your spiritual source. Okay. Finding sanctuary. You know what? This doesn't mean needing a house or a room or anything, 
Okay. So many people, God, guys, my, as, as well slicked down as my hair feels, I keep getting these strands in front of my eyes that are driving me batty. It's like one strand and it's pushing it out of the way. Um, oh, hello, Susanna. Hello. I'm so glad you're listening today. Um, opening your spiritual source. Now, your spiritual source, guys, is this. It is this. This is your sanctuary, okay? We can have all the glitz and the glamour around us, but really, this is our sanctuary. And with this, you go, hey, guess what? <sighs> so open this up. Open your mind. Open your heart. Open this to what is possible. Open this to that divine guidance. And trust me, that's really what that card's about. This really is a reminder for you to look at yourself and say, what else is in here? So open this up for all the greater. So card number one is that great adventure. It's taking risks, venturing forward, going forward. Card number two is choosing your path because everything is possible. Card number three is having gratitude, guys, having that respect, allowing other things to come to you. Card number four is the rainbow blessings because you are being showered blessings. And card number five is find that sanctuary, opening up the spiritual source, opening up yourself. Now, that's individuals. Now, if I look at all this together, this is a holy crap. Hello, Miss Lisa. I'm not taking individual questions today. Please watch tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. That is my show where we do the readings. So, um, or the individual readings. So when I look at these cards as a whole, when I look at all five of them right here in front of me, this is your week to really watch your life blow up, really open up. It's called um, Unfiltered with Yet and Mike Lisa, just to kind of, if you're looking at the WLTK spot. Um, so this week is your life is opening up. Your life is going, shit, because it's amazingness happening. Okay, this week is amazingness because you really are going, okay, I've been hearing it. This is the week I'm going to do it. This is a week that I'm going to say that, that this can happen and I'm going to believe in this. And because of this, I'm going to be really grateful because you're going to watch all these things go, boo, boo, boo. Oh my gosh, this is happening. And walking in to realize that because you've started this journey, because you've changed this path of life, that blessings are happening. My life is blessed. My life, you're going to start seeing this and you're going to open up in here. That really is the cards. This week is life-changing week if you picked all five. And it is life-changing because you are the one that did it. You are the one that went, I want to do this. I'm going to allow this to happen. I'm going to allow this to come to you. What do you think? What do you think? Pretty cool, isn't it? I love it. So let's bring out the Beyond Lemuria card. I love it. You just, you have just. I love it, Tim. As always, all. Five are perfect. You could just have called. I did, Tim. I did with the cards. <laughs> I love this. I love this. So let's bring out the Beyond Lumeria cards. And did you notice I said Nick Simons today, not Nick Simmons? I literally in my head because my mind seen Nick coming on today in the comments. I don't know why. I just seen it. And in my head, I kept going Simmons, Simmons, Simmons. I have to get that other name out of my head. Simmons, Simmons. So I've been working on names, guys. So um, love it. So uh, let's do this. So beyond Lumeria cards. Um, and they'll probably call me out on that later. And that's okay. Because nobody's came out. Izzy ha Ivy has not come out to say it is this versus this. So. Um, let's pull one card on this one just to kind of wrap it all together and say, hey, we found it. So let's do this. Oh, so gorgeous. 
so gorgeous. I love this. Look at that card. Isn't that gorgeous? So it says, the infinite. As Lumerians were only partially incarnated, their bodies were much lighter, less physically actualized, and less affected by aging. They were also aware of their infinite nature. This card of rebirth can appear after challenges that have required, required a level of surrender. You have arrived at a beginning. Revel in your newfound inner freedom. Blockages have fallen away, and there are opportunities to step into. Stretch your wings and arise, from, arise like the phoenix, born anew, ready for a new cycle of growth. Celebrate, honor the road that brought you here, and prepare to take flight with the tools you have gathered through your evolution process. Whoa. Whoa. Pretty coolly. Pretty cool, but the card itself is like, whoa, if this does not tie all these cards together, these message together, everything together, does it not just tie it together to go, holy cow, the processes, holy cow, because really, six, the, yeah, well, the six brings it all together. It really does, because this is saying that, you know what, this is the week that we are letting go, guys. This is a week that we're saying throw it to the wind. Life is happening. We are making this happen. And it's just phenomenal. So guys, this is the week that apparently we've got light bulbs going off for everybody going, yes, I got it. I figured it out. And I'm just going to get out of my own way. What do you think? What do you think? You're going to have to comment on that one. I think that's pretty amazing. I think it's pretty awesome. <laughs> okay. So that is our five card stud reading today with our extra card just to kind of bring it together. And I love it because honestly, guys, I grabbed the moon, queen of the moon oracle deck is what I grabbed. But spirit said, no, we need to grab these cards today. And I went, okay, because I listened and I didn't know why, but they told me they wanted to speak through those cards today. And I think they did a rock star job with those cards. What do you think? What do you think? So I'm going to go into my downloads here, guys, because I need to talk about the shows that are coming up. And I hope I grab the current one because I got a lot of shows in here. So I'm going to take this one out down to there. I'm going to take this one out down there. And I'm going to click on the one from June 12th. Hopefully that's the most current. I think it is. I believe this is the most current. So let's talk about the shows that are happening through the station of WLTKDB.com. Yes, guys, you can always go to the station, the website. It will tell you all these. But this is just a really quick overview. So right off the bat this morning, as always, you've got School Through Spirit with myself, Diet Renee. Um, and I'm going to tell you guys, you only have this for a few days because this week we're doing a staycation break. I need to let you know our staycation break starts June 21st, which is Wednesday, through June 25th, which is Monday. So these shows, you're only going to get today and tomorrow on WLTK. After that, we are going into, um, after this, <laughs> thank you. Okay, I'm going to click on the new station. Here we go. Todd just sent me a new schedule. Do, do, do. Yep, thank you, Todd. I got that, so I'm going to click off that one. But this that is the case here, guys, is that we only have the station today, tomorrow. That is it. So for next week, next week, because, guys, I recorded next week 
I'll tell you about that in a second. Um, anyway, so let's talk about the station, the shows that we have on. So today and tomorrow, you're going to be able to see this lineup again. Next week starts the whole thing. But School Through Spirit with Jeanette Renee, myself at 9 a.m. Uh, no Agenda with Mike and Jen. Phenomenal show, guys. Oh, my gosh. And tonight starts Ancient Healing with Jessica Lynn at 6 p.m. Jessica Lynn is a friend of mine. She's been a student of mine. She's just a freaking amazing person. And you are going to love her. So Ancient Healing is a brand new show. It starts tonight, 6 p.m. Tune in. Show her some love, guys. I'm, this is not a show you want to miss. After that is Be the Change with Christina Bloom at, at 8 p.m. And yes, again, Christina is another amazing friend that I love dearly. And yes, you need to watch her. Okay. After that, on Tuesdays, we have Exploring the Paranormal with Heather Lee at 9 a.m. Ane with Ani Shin at 5 p.m. Ane is our tarot psychic, and she does amazing readings. Unfiltered with myself and Mike at 6 p.m. tomorrow night. Moment to Moment with Linda Hope is on at 7 p.m. Spirits are Talking with Lisa Silverman is at 9 p.m. And Paranormal Pete with Pete Orbea is at 10. Now, Wednesdays, we start with the self-care show with Deidre Sanford at 10 a.m. The Psychic Hour with Carol, Kelly Brickle is at 3 p.m. Soul Guidance with Roddy Blunt is at 6 p.m. Um, oh, wait, that starts in July? Does that start in July? Okay. Rodney starts in July, guys. Sorry about that. So Soul Guides with Rodney Blunt starts in July. Um, Haunted Locations at 60 Minutes with Nick Sarlo and Henry Diana Henry is at 8 p.m. See and Beyond with Kelly Eckhart and Cheryl Murphy is at 9 p.m. Um, we go on to, sorry. Uh, oh, Roddy Blunt was in an avalanche. That's why he got pushed back, guys. That's why he was supposed to start in June, but he starts in July now. So that's a good thing we know. But let's send him some healing, some love, and some prayers. Um, so Thursdays, we start with Chat with Charlie with Stephanie Lynn. Universe with Stephanie Robb is at 6 p.m. Realm of Darkness with Ashley Moreno. Ooh, I've got a newfound love for Ashley is at 7 p.m. Haunted Voices with Todd Bates and Nicole Strickland is 8 p.m. And yes, that's a brand new time and date, guys. So now everybody can join Todd and Nicole and all that they have to say and do. Voice of Oneness with Amara Benet is at 10 p.m. I love the name, Amara Benet. Um, just, I love it. Um, Fridays, we start the morning with Soul and Synergy Radio with Terry and Danny Tenney. Um, I love those two guys. The Psychic Hour reading shows at, at 3 p.m. And Twilight Tonight with Dee Moonflower is at 6 p.m. 6 p.m., guys. This These shows, guys, our lineup is awesome. Love it, love it, love it. Now, guys, next week, I won't be here. I won't be here. But the show will be. The show will be. Next week, my guest is Miss Ashley Moreno. We taped it last week. I taped it. Guys, I taped it. I will tell you it was a little bit shorter show. I think it's about an hour and 40 minutes, somewhere around there. But I taped the show, okay? Maybe it's a little longer. I'm not quite sure. But it's awesome, and I want you to still come on. I still want you to watch it. Again, I want you to still comment, do your normal thing, because me and Ashley are both going to go back and read the comments. And that way, if there's any questions you have the comments, we will personally go back and give you those, those answers. You know, so we're not forgetting about you. We still want you to show up. It is going to be recorded. Todd's going to come on. He's going to hit the button. He's going to go get some coffee. 
coffee, maybe some breakfast and come back. Um, <laughs> trying to make it a light day for everybody. Myself, I'm going to Mexico this week, guys. So I will be here through tomorrow night's show. On Thursday, me and my lovely granddaughter, you've all seen her and met her, her little Miss Addie. It is her birthday present from me. Her and I are jumping on a plane. Gone. Gone. You like how I do that? Gone. Um, and we're going to go sun it on the beach and at the resort and walk around in swimsuits and let her be the little princess she is. Um, while she reminds me that it is her birthday vacation. So... With that being said, guys, I hope you all enjoyed this week's show. Enjoyed Chris. Um, if you missed it, if you're joining in right now, remember you can always go to the podcast. Um, Podbean um, is beautiful. I love Podbean. We're on Podbean. We're on Spotify, iHeartWriter, Amazon Music, guys. Audible. Gosh, guys, anywhere you want to find the show, we are there. So make sure to subscribe subscribe to all of them. I don't know, but there is no way you can miss this show if you want to find it in the podcast form. We are doing our best to get this message out to help affect lives, change lives, give those answers. And yes, guys, expand your horizons. So with that being said, you guys have a fabulous week. I will see you on this show in two weeks. Um, this has been Diet here on School with Your Spirit with WLTKGB.com. And by the way, guys, July 1st is Bill Walter from the Broadhead Manor. So the next time I'll be on live next week is Ashley Moreno taped the week after there. Mr. Bill is coming on. This is Diet here with School for Spirit with WLTKDB.com. See you soon. The truth is here and now on WLTKDB Talk Radio at WLTKDB.com.